This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Hello and welcome back to Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer with Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to hear more information about uh, today's show, uh, for callers in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva number is 262-729-4128. For callers in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. And also feel free to visit us on our website at www.kramer investmentservices.com. That's spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. While on the website, you can you can uh, view the last couple of podcast shows that we've done by going on to the radio page, the media library tab first, then the radio page, and then you can view the last six podcasts that we've done. For subscribers to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can view all of our past shows that we've done. Uh, Please don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have any questions, if you'd like to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. We're here to help. So our today's topic is going to be breaking down the Biden tax plan. Now, this was discussed last year during the presidential campaign, and there's been some talk about it this year, and what's worrying me uh, in part about this is that there's been an enormous amount of spending going on in Washington, as mainly due to the, the COVID uh, pandemic. But there's more spending that keeps coming out. And when there's a lot of spending going on in Washington, well, there tends to be a lot of taxing that goes on. So I'm bringing this up today so we can have a, a good discussion about it. We don't know exactly what the numbers are going to be, but well, as soon as we get a couple of spending bills that are being talked about taken care of, there's one for uh, the infrastructure plan, as they call it. That uh, looks like that one's going to go through. And then there's another uh, plan that's also going to go through that's about $3.5 trillion. And once they're through with that, I'm sure next or near on the docket is going to be tax plans. But before we get into that today, I want to introduce you all to my fabulous co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? <laughs> wow. Well, that's a lot. We've got a lot to talk about today, Jim. I'm, yeah, do- I'm do. doing great. I'm just a little concerned now after hearing that and thinking about all the money that they've spent on stimulus packages in the last uh, couple of years and now uh, infrastructure uh, taxes have got to be next. They've got to raise taxes, I would think, uh, with all that uh, stimulus spending. So uh, we'll see. I'm interested to hear uh, what you have to say today, and I think it's going to be a great discussion. But first, yes, I've had a, an amazing week. Um, you know, just really spent a lot of great time last weekend with the fam and been busy ever since. How about you? What's going on with you? Uh, busy as well. In fact, I did some work as well on the weekend, but um, right now I'm doing training, uh, 
Tony, and I usually do this every year because I run uh, marathons and the sure. fall is typically being a Midwesterner. They have a lot of fall marathons, so I'm going to be doing sure. a couple of those this year. So I'm going through what I call the grind. And last year I didn't do it because of the because of the pandemic. But this year I'm back at it. And it's a it's as much a mental grind as it is a physical grind. So when you run a marathon, that's 26.2 miles. But the the amount of training that just goes into it is quite a lot. It takes up a lot of time as well. So you I would really... assume you have to be really uh, in shape and do a lot of training to be able to run 26 or yes. 20, 20 some miles. So what you is really it? How many miles? 26.2. And so the mental part of this is huge. And I know this because I've been doing this for a number of years, but I made a mental error right from the start, trying to do some training on Saturday. So sure. near where I am in Lake Geneva, there's a trail. We call it the White River Trail. Okay. It goes out about 11 miles. And to today, that on Saturday, I was going to run 18 miles. So obviously that's not a big enough trail to cover all that I, I need to do. Well, if, but, you go, so, if you go one way and then come back the other, that's 22 it, miles, Jim. Exactly. But that's where the problem came into play. So I parked halfway down. So in the in the middle of the trail is where I parked, and that's the east, the closest place for me to go to. So that's sure. what I did. I was just being lazy, and then, so my thought was just like what you mentioned, you know, run out four and a half miles, run back four and a half miles, and go back out the other way four and a half and back, and bing, you're at eighteen. But the problem is the mental part of this really plays at you. So I did my four and a half one way. I'm coming back and I'm feeling good, and as soon as I saw my car. In the parking ah, lot. That's where it go. plays yep. at you. So, yep. you know, just a precaution for any young or new runners out there is when you're planning on doing a long run, make it as hard on yourself as possible to not give yourself that out. So yeah, that see what you, you should have done. You should have parked at one end of that trail. Precisely. And then ran all the way to one end and all the way back or most of the way to one end and most of the way back and done you know, just bit the bullet and done 20 or 22 miles. And, uh, there you go. Yes. Yes. And so that's what I've learned again, Jim, don't do that. You, you obviously lost at that. It's it was a mental, really nothing more than a mental thing that came yeah. up. And I thought, and I thought, you know what, I'm doing pretty good with my training. I'm just going to only do half this time. <laughs> and I, and afterwards I'm like, darn it. I really allowed myself to lose when it came uh, to that training day, but yeah, that's all right. Yep. But you, mental, you uh, mental, uh, you know, it, it, that applies, that lesson applies to financial planning as well. It does. You have and to mentally a, it, prepare. That's, that's, it's a very good tie-in. Thank you for bringing that up, Tony. Yeah. Well, I thought your story should have a point. <laughs> you know what? There really wasn't a point, but thank you. You brought that in uh, with the financial planning and, yeah, and that goes to everybody. You know, it's running is like life. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I thought I, I, I liked we turned it. this into a Mr. Rogers story. Ah, uh, no, that was good. I think that's great. No. So you know, obviously, um, you know, the word taxes is enough to stop a lot of people in their tracks. Are they going to go up? Uh, I think we assume they will be. I don't know how they could not, um, because really, taxes are at an all-time low right now. So you know, and it affects all of us. So. Talking about what might be coming down the road as far as uh, Biden's tax plan, that's going to make for a terrific topic today. Yes. And so what the first thing is, I want to 
refer to an article that was uh, written a couple of months back. It's an Investopedia article called Explaining Biden's Tax Plan. Uh, but again, before we get rolling, I want to just emphasize that it's a tax plan and it hasn't been debated and they haven't fully come out with what exactly they're going to do. But we're going to be seeing some changes, especially for individuals with incomes of over $400,000. And right now with the top end tax rate being at 37%, uh, we're looking to have that change to 39.6%. So some people look at that and think, well, that's not that big a deal. It's only 2.6%. But there's a lot more that comes along with that for well, individuals sure. that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And also the corporate tax rate is going to jump from what is currently now 21% to 28%. And that could have an effect as well on consumer prices as corporations are imposed with potentially higher taxes. What will they do? Will they absorb the cost? Will they spread that on to consumers? We'll have to wait and see exactly if that's going to happen. And if so, how would that affect the economy? Yeah. And what does all this, I mean, we're going to talk today, what does all that mean for the average person, right? Yeah, right. How does it, you know, all of this stuff as far as 400000 a year or more, well, the vast majority of America doesn't have incomes anywhere near that. So to them, they might look at this and say, well, that doesn't really affect me. Well, sometimes it does circle back and yeah. we can talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. To any tax increase is probably going to affect you in one way or another. Um, and I think people would be surprised. You might not have uh, an annual income of $400,000. It may be under that, but uh, there are a lot of other ways that the government can raise taxes on you as well in this bill, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So, you know, for incomes of 400000 or more, uh, in addition to a higher tax rate, the itemized deductions would be capped at 28%. So under the current law, if you're an individual who's a very high income earner, uh, if you can use the same itemization uh, that you, that a, a person who makes less, but you could also do it at your current tax rate. So if you're in the, say, the 37% tax bracket and you have itemized deductions, well, that could reduce your taxes by that 37%. But now what they want to do is cap that itemization cap to 28%. So making it more difficult for higher income earners to use offsets or itemizing in order to reduce your overall tax bill and more uh, higher income earning individuals itemize on their uh, tax return as opposed to lower income individuals. So in that respect, that's certainly going to, uh, in addition, beyond a higher tax rate, sure. it's going to mean higher taxes for individuals making 400000 And that's just the starting point of this. Well, yeah, and I'm sure the notion that incomes below 400000 uh likely won't be impacted by a rate increase is a relief to uh, a lot of our listeners. But give us some more information about what's going to happen to those with incomes north of four hundred k. Okay, so for taxpayers who whose income is more than $1 million, instead of the typical capital gains rate, which for those individuals would be at around 20%, for most Americans, it's any it's anywhere from 0% to 15%, depending upon your income level. But for somebody in the seven-figure income range, it's at 20%, which is below their marginal tax rate. So if you're in the 37% marginal tax rate, 
um, you know, 20%, well, capital gains is very effective for those individuals. There's a lot of very rich, wealthy Americans who really don't earn a regular income, but they own stocks and they get dividends from those stocks. But when they sell those investments, they only pay 20%. Well, under this bill, it's going to change where they're going to pay at their marginal tax rate. So if they Mm. change the marginal tax rate for the highest earning Americans to 39.6%, well, then that's what they're going to be taxed at when they sell those investments. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think that's a good breakdown. So uh, what does the Biden plan have to say about corporations? What might we see for uh, tax increases on corporations? Well, the first part is uh, he wishes to change the corporate tax rate from what is now currently 21% to 28%, 25% increase in taxes. And also he would want to engage the rest of the world in which he's already done with a 15% minimum global corporate tax rates. Um, the vast majority of countries that are... Um, in the industrialized world has agreed to this with the exception of a few that charge below 15%. Ireland has been a benefactor in the global world. Yeah, that's right. It has. And they have a lower tax rate. So they did not agree to this. It's really for, uh, for countries that have a pretty high corporate rate. Of course, they would love to see a minimum global rate because the last thing you want to see are corporations moving overseas to avoid paying their own taxes. But the problem is going to be on these uh, countries that have a very low enticing uh, uh, corporate rate like you have in Ireland, if you would believe Bermuda. That's a big tax haven right now. But there are a lot of small countries that encourage um, investors by their low corporate tax rates. So, you know, that's that's something that he's pushing here. We'll see if that goes into place and to how will that affect anything with regard to corporations moving, you know, from country to country. Also, he's looking to incentivize investment uh, in infrastructure, green energy, transportation and manufacturing. And uh, also he wishes to boost taxes from the current 10 and a half percent up to 21% on on what we call global intangibles, low taxed income that's coming back into the United States. So there's going to be maybe perhaps a disincentive for money to come back into the United States if that tax rate uh, gets imposed. But right now we really don't know it precisely. These are some of the things that have been talked about. But then, you know, when it goes through Congress, who knows all the various changes that are going to come about with that. Well, yeah, when it comes to Congress, uh, you know, known as do-nothing Congress, I don't know, when it comes to raise taxes, I think they are going to do something, unfortunately, or fortunately in some cases. But yeah, the corporate tax rate interests me. And, you know, you said that certain places, countries, uh, the the concern is that certain countries like Ireland or Bermuda, you know, they would become uh, tax havens where they have little or no taxes and cor- businesses would move from the um, U.S. to there because of it. Uh, and I think of the example of states. I mean, that's how states like South Dakota and Florida and uh, and Tennessee attract companies by and people, individuals, because of either having no state tax or low taxes, right? That's right. Exactly. So it works the same with our s- states within the country. So I think this has been a really good discussion. And uh, 
uh, you know, corporate tax rates, individual tax rates. I think we're going to see a lot of changes. Uh, why don't you let our listeners out there know they're going to need a solid financial plan in place, Jim, in order to deal with uh, the coming economy and tax changes. How can they get a hold of you to uh, set up that complimentary consultation? Well, thank you, Tony. So for callers in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva phone number is 262-729-4128. And in McHenry, our office number is 815-331-8096. Now that's for callers in Illinois. Uh, we can always schedule a face-to-face meeting, a virtual meeting. Over the past year, I've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings. Uh, for people. And we have people all around the country. So if you're somebody in that situation, uh, we work throughout the United States. Happy to set up a a meeting to have that conversation. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's keep the show rolling. Uh, How do you want to kick off this next segment? Well, this next one, let's talk about 401ks. Okay. So I did a recent seminar and someone brought up the fact that um, there's going to be a lot of changes to the 401ks and what should we do about this? And so I asked the gentleman, well, what exactly do you do you think is going to happen? And he referred to it as, well, they're going to go raid uh, a wealthy individual's 401k. And I, I thought about it for a moment and I thought, well, in a way, kind of yes. Um, not that it's going to be directly that way, but they're going to change the way in which a contribution uh, is credited for deductions for wealthy individuals. So if um, let's say you're in a uh, 35% tax bracket, um, they're going to cap the amount, or this is at least the plan, uh, the, that you can deduct off your taxes by 20%. So that's the maximum. So if you're in, let's say, a 25% tax bracket, oh, excuse me, a 22% tax bracket currently, 24, 28, and so on, uh, you're not going to get as much of a deduction off your taxes as what you would have otherwise. Under the current law, if you're in a 37% tax bracket and you contribute to a 401k, you know, for every dollar you're putting in to your plan, you're getting a 37% drop off your taxes. So it definitely benefits people in the higher wage areas opposed to the lower wage area. And so the government really kind of wants to flatten that, so to speak, so that you get no more than a 20% tax break on that. And so for individuals that are making 22%, 24%, it doesn't seem like much, but if you're putting in the maximum, that's a big difference on your tax return. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to make a big difference for especially some uh, higher wage earners. And uh, I think this is that's important. So uh, what are some other things uh, that the Biden plan is going to change? Well, and just one more thing I want to add to this here, Tony, is that um, this is not that tax change is not just for 400,000 or or higher. There's plenty of Americans that are in the uh, 22 percent, 24 percent tax bracket that aren't what we would call wealthy by any stretch, not even near the 400,000. So this is definitely a tax increase for those individuals. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, what's next? Okay. So um, the next thing we want to talk about is health insurance. Now, as written, the the plan provided by the Biden administration in dealing with health insurance premiums is is intended to the premiums that the individuals paid is to be kept to a maximum of eight and a half percent of their income. And additionally, 
uh, the plan would provide tax benefits to those who purchase long-term care insurance benefits, although we don't know exactly what that would mean. Yeah. So you would get a, actually a tax credit if your premium ends up being higher than 8.5% of your income. So there's going to be a lot of questions to this because if you end up buying then a Cadillac health plan, so instead of buying a super high deductible, you ended up buying a, a $500 deductible and it ends up costing you 13% of your income. You know, what kind of a tax credit will that be? How much money are you getting back? And yeah, is do it, you have to, if, can you get the highest tax, can you go get the Cadillac plan and then get a tax credit? You know what I yes, mean? Yes, exactly. So it's yeah. encouraging richer benefits to be applied for as opposed to higher deductible. It's literally penalizing people for going for that high deductible plan. Interesting. But we'll see. I mean, we don't know. Again, these are things that were been brought up, but that we're lacking the details to know exactly what that would be. One other thing to bring up, uh, the Biden plan would include a credit for first-time homebuyers. We already have this, but it'll be in addition to help encourage more home ownership. Sure. So that would provide as much as $15,000 for the first-time homebuyers. Uh, would be both refundable and advanceable at the time of purchase. So right at that particular moment in time, you purchase that home, the title company would be furnishing you that t- at that check right wow. at that point in time. So quicker in its response and more so than what it has been before in the past. Yeah, I like that aspect. I mean, a first time home buyer credit would really you know, provide a boost to younger Americans. Yeah. And so as part of this, you look at it and to, you know, somebody that's not in what we call the higher, wealthier uh, uh, part of society would benefit by some of this. But some of this not directly benefiting them, because certainly when you see higher taxes for some of the wealthier individuals and companies, you think, well, so that's their problem. But some of this can trickle back into to us through paying more for goods and services. Well, sure. Yeah. You know, or for, you know, the employer feeling squeezed and therefore will reduce payroll. You know, these are the things that could happen. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's part of the, we used to refer to this laughingly as the trickle down effect. Is there a trickle down effect? Well, I think there is to a degree, but it doesn't always work in the same fashion as what we would think. Right. Exactly. Well, I think this is a great topic. Um, we're, we're almost out of time, but I know that there's, um, you know, there's a lot to this plan. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we have to go today? Well, absolutely. And one thing I do want to bring about, and, and this has not been given a lot of noise um, on TV or in the regular news cycles, but for individuals, now this is, this is the original plan for Biden. We don't know if this is what they're going to do. But if you make more than $400,000 a year, not only would your marginal tax rates go up, but also your Social Security taxes will be doubled. Whoa. So if you're a business owner, per se, and you have a Yikes. nice year, you've earned like, you know, $401,000. Right. $401,000, you're going to be paying over uh, 45% of your, your hard-earned dollars to the federal government under this proposed plan because you pay 12.4%. It's actually more than that. 12.4% is the tax to um, the government regularly for a self-employed individual. That's going to be doubled under this plan. 
So sure. we're going to be seeing some significantly higher taxes for the 400,000 plus crowd, whether you're owning a business or if you are uh, employed by somebody. Now, it's not quite as bad for those individuals that are employed because you only pay half of the Social Security tax. The employer pays the other one. But if you're self-employed, you're paying the full tax and you're being doubled on that yeah. as well. And you get no additional benefits with your Social Security benefit when you're ready to use that. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't increase your Social Security. Right. And and they want to uh, take away, uh, they want to increase estate taxes, right? Take up the step, exactly. uh, step up so in they wanna, basis. They, yes. They, so the, that is another thing with the stepped up basis change. That could affect a lot of ordinary Americans um, where they inherit and they have to pay taxes. So under the current rules, since you brought this up, Tony, uh, you got an individual who inherits a house. And that house now is worth uh, $500,000. The parents, let's say they owned it years ago, maybe put in as much as $100,000, but they were lousy at record keeping. And that information just doesn't exist when it comes to the, to the, um, to the child when they inherit that. Well, under current law, the stepped up basis, the cost basis is the market value of that property at the time the parents, the second parent to die goes, you know, passes on, that is the new cost basis. So there's no tax at that point. If the individual wants to sell that property, they're not going to owe anything. But under the new law, the person inherits that property worth 500000 especially when they sell that property, that's going to create an immediate um, tax for that individual. And they have to prove what the original parent's cost basis was. Uh-huh. So if they can't prove it, it goes down to zero. And it's one of the things I have found in doing this. It's very difficult for people that receive an inheritance to find what the original cost basis was. Well, sure. It's, I mean, like, like let's say a family farm. I mean, if you, if you, you know, your parents want to pass on the family farm uh, to their uh, son or daughter, uh, and that farm's been in the family for years, and they just want to keep farming it, and it could be a family farm or a business. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a small or medium-sized business. Uh, but then the kids can't pay the taxes on the cost of the farm, That's so it. they have to sell it. So so they lose the business or the farm if they take yes. away that step-up uh, uh, basis. The stepped-up basis is huge because basis. now, though, now not only that, but also you put that person into the highest tax bracket for yes. that year. Yep. And now that's going to change to 39.6% plus yep. double the tax on Social Security for that individual. Yeah, they just got clobbered on that inheritance. And that's not yeah. even talking about the state, like the state of Wisconsin, uh, you'd be taxed on that. I believe yeah. the state of Minnesota, you would also be taxed on it. it. Some states yep. don't, yep. Yep. but it's going to be an enormous grab um, of yeah. estate if, transfer if that, if that in this happens. situation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now this, this is not for the typical, you know, $400,000 a year income earner. This is for somebody that has a taxable event. Yeah. Yes, it's right. That throws everybody into that potentially higher tax bracket, whereas they wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Well, Huge. you know what? We're out of time, Jim. Why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you again? 
Okay, for callers in Wisconsin, our office number is 262-729-4128. If you're in Illinois, our number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to visit us on our website at www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. You can view the past couple of podcasts on that website. Also, if you wish to purchase a copy of our book, Your Guide to Retirement Income, you can do so on that site, or you can go on to Amazon. Uh, the book sells for $13 and talks about retirement income planning and a host of retirement income discussions, including taxes, of which we talked about today. And, you know, feel free to set up an appointment if you wish to. If you just have some questions, we're here to help. All right. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Jim. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramer Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.